Welcome to Journey Church Podcast. It's great to have you with us. Here at Journey, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So whether you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend's worship experience. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. We hope you enjoy the message. Luke chapter 15 is one of the most like beloved passages in the Bible. If you're new to church, then it's not because you've probably never heard it before. But um, for those of us who've been in church for a long time, it's a, a story or a collection of three stories that are all connected and that uh, have a, a theme, a common theme. Jesus is telling it. See if you can help me identify the theme today. We're going to be a little interactive this afternoon, if, if you would be with me. Uh, Luke chapter 15, verse 3. If you don't have a Bible, that's fine. It's on the screen. Then Jesus told them this parable. What's a parable? It's just a story. Jesus told them this story. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses, somebody say loses, loses, one of them. Luke chapter 15, verse 9, just six verses later, Jesus finishes that story, goes on to another story. See if you can see what the two stories have in common. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses, somebody say loses. One, maybe you're starting to see the theme. Luke chapter 15, verse 11 through 12. This is the third story Jesus tells, like back to back to back. Like homeboy don't got a pause button. Like he's just going from one story. Like they don't even have a chance to receive it. He's like, okay, next story. And so he's on the third story now, but it's the same theme. Jesus continued. There was a man who had two sons. And the younger one said to his father, give me my share of the estate. That inheritance was supposed to be inherited when the father died. You know, when your parents die, they, they leave you whatever they have. Hopefully it's not just debt, but they leave you some things. And uh, this son was so wild, he literally could not even wait for his father to die. That's, that's cold. It's messed up. Give me my share of the estate. I'm going to fast forward to the end. The son ends up leaving, taking the money, but then coming back home, the father starts celebrating. This is in verse 32 now, and we see how the father saw the son. Let's celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost. Somebody say lost. And is found. Boy, do I have a sermon title for you today. I'm not bragging, but it's good. It's going to help you. Um, and here's what I really like about this sermon title. It's going to give you an opportunity to confess something that you would otherwise be embarrassed to confess in church. That's right. But because it's in my title, you can tell it to your neighbor and just pretend like the only reason you're saying it is because I'm making you saying it. So I'm just giving you a, a pass, a, 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 a get out of jail free card to say something you've been dying to say for the past, ever since you started college. You've been dying to say ever since you got into that relationship. You've been dying to say ever since you came back to church. Here, here it is. Here's my title. I want you to tell your neighbor, tell them, uh, I'm about to lose it. <laughs> yeah. Somebody said that with big old eyes right there. I saw them in the corner. They were like, I'm about So lose it, but I didn't mean it. It's just the sermon title he gave me. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, is anybody excited about this message here today? I don't just need to know. Good. I just need to know that I'm not the only one who needs this. Okay. And so, because sometimes I feel like I'm about to lose it. You know, it's important that I gave you all three parts of this chapter because I, I don't think you can really understand some of the verses in the Bible. You, better said, you can't really appreciate a verse unless you uh, read it in its context. 
what comes before and what comes after. The funny thing is you could probably even say the same thing about your life. You know, you can't really appreciate your life until you take your life in context. Like my son, Justice, the other day we came back home from Disney, you know, the happiest place on earth. The people who say that don't have kids. And so <laughs> the happiest place on earth. And so we came back from Disney and he was loving it. And then we got home and we got home late because we stayed late at Disney. And when we got home, it was Friday, which is our family day. And usually on our family day, we watch a movie. Um, that's how we end up every family night with a movie. But that night, um, we didn't have time to watch a movie because we got bedtime. And so bedtime is eight o'clock. And I told Justice, uh, hey, buddy, I know that we usually watch a movie on Fridays, but unfortunately, we're not going to be able to watch a movie uh, tonight. Um, what was that for? Because <laughs> he about lost it. Yeah. <laughs> And then I didn't mind that because I'm used to that. <laughs> this is my son. I know him for who he is and I love him the way he is. Okay. But, uh, but, but what he said next, I just couldn't get my mind around. After coming home from Disney, he had the audacity <laughs> to look at me and say, tears in his eyes, hyperventilating, this is the worst day ever. <laughs> And I was like, the worst? I don't know why. I was like, there are kids in Africa. That's my go-to. My go-to is always the kids in Africa. I think I learned that from my parents. I'm like, who are these kids? I don't know them, but they're out there somewhere. I'm like, the worst day, bro? Honestly, the worst day? I'm like, I don't mean to, to infringe on your perspective. But could it be that you are taking your moment just a little bit out of context. Sometimes the key to not losing it, the key to keeping it together is reading your moment of frustration in the context of the moments of favor. Like if you would understand all that you have, maybe what was taken from you for that one moment wouldn't seem so bad. And so honestly, the way you keep it together when you feel like you're about to lose it is just making it through that moment. Don't quit in that moment because if you make it through that moment, you'll be able to see the concept. If you make it through your moment, you can then read about how God brought you out. You know what I'm saying? It's like a story. You get into the middle, in the middle there's some tension, in the middle there's some aggression, in the middle there's some challenges. Don't close the book then, you're gonna miss the best part. And until you get to the end of your moment, when you see how he rescued you, is that you have something to praise God for. I'm telling you, anytime you highlight a bad moment in your life, and it could be something you're living through today, or it could be something that happened to you 20 years ago, and, and you feel, oh, I mean, woe is me. My life isn't just, it's not fair. And it's not really, what if you were to take that moment and put it in the context of everything that God's given you? This is way better than self-help or positive teaching. I'm a big proponent of self-help and positive thinking, but there's a limit there. Positive thinking oftentimes says, listen, just overlook your moment. Just get over it. Overlook it. This is way better than that. I'm not telling you to overlook it because how many people know there comes a point where yourself knows that you're lying to yourself? Have you ever been there? Have you ever lied to yourself? And at the beginning it works. And then at, at some point yourself is just like, nah, bro, it's not getting better. Like, <laughs> let's be real. <laughs> yeah, you need help, you know. And so I'm just saying, but that's the positive thinking mentality. Just get over it. It's not happening. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. 
I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. You're not fine. When you look at life in your context, it gives you a, an even better weapon. Not, so you don't have to overlook your moment. You can understand your moments. And when I look at my moment in the middle, it don't make sense. But when I look at my moment after, I go, oh, I see what you did there. I see why you took that person out of my life. It makes sense now. If I had overlooked it, I wouldn't be able to appreciate it. But now that I made it through, I can understand. You were with me all along. Woo! Sure glad I didn't close the, the, the book in that chapter. The context begins with understanding. And in this passage, the context is super important because Jesus is just like the ultimate storyteller, you know? And you know every great storyteller always starts by setting the scene. It was a dark and stormy night. The breeze willowed over the sun. I don't know. You know what I'm talking about, though. <laughs> setting the scene, you know? And so he begins to set the scene, and that's the context of this story. And the context of this story is the title of our two-week sermon series that we're in right now. It's home. I know you might have missed it because I only gave you the snippets. I didn't think I'd say snippet today. But um, the snippets of this, of this verse. But you know that the context home because when he talks about the sheep, he's talking about something that's been lost just outside of the home. When he talks about the coin, he's talking about something that was lost in the home. When he talks about the son, he's talking about something that was lost far away from home. And so the context of this passage is home. And that's significant for two reasons. One, it establishes the perspective of the story. Like if you study parables in Bible school, like parables are really cool because you can put yourself in any position of the story. Like you could be the sheep and then try to read the story through the perspective of the sheep. And you're like, oh, I'm bad. That was a whack joke. That was a whack joke. Don't laugh. Don't laugh at that. That was not good. Don't laugh at that. That was corny. Don't laugh. You're going to encourage me and they're going to get worse. Um, don't say it. You can put yourself in the perspective of the coin. You can put yourself in the perspective of the sun. But when we know that the context is the home, we understand that Jesus' intended perspective in this parable is the perspective of not someone who is lost, but catch this, someone who's lost something. That's how I want to talk to you today. Someone who's lost something. Another thing that the context helps us understand is that the definition of lost, that lost is not a location, but a separation. What, what do I mean by that? Well, like, the coin, for example, where was the coin lost? The coin was lost in the house. And someone could argue, if they're trying to be smart, that the coin was never lost. It was just misplaced because it was in the house all along. Yet the coin was lost. Why? Because it's not about location that determined that it was lost. What made it lost, what made it lost was that its separation with the connection to the one who it belonged to. Separation is what makes a thing lost, not its location. Why is that important? Because if you think that being lost is a location, then you'll keep trying to point to or locate the source of your frustration. And so you'll point to a person and try and locate him and be like, you, you right there, you, you're the reason why I'm about to lose it. You'll point to the person you came to church with today, you know, your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your husband or your wife, and you'll be like, you? <laughs> if you don't start putting your socks in the hamper. I'm just going to, I'm going to lose it. I'm about to lose it. <laughs> I'm going to lose it. Some of you, you know, you left your kids in children's church, but if they were here, you'd be like, I love you and I'm so glad that you came into my life. But if you hit your brother one more time, I'm about to, I swear I will. Or maybe you'll point to an employer who continues to bless you with overtime. Trying to help you cover your bills, bro. There are other people that work here. I know it. Talking about I blocked off Sunday. If you make me work one more Sunday, I'm about to Christian lose it on you, okay? 
You know how Christian lose it is. We just quote Bible verses over their life. Just swarm of locusts in Jesus' name right now. Bible curse. That's Bible cursing. You know. A storm. Next time we're on a boat. Storms. Just, I don't know. <laughs> Preaching is fun. Um, but, but, your, but your problem is not a problem. And when you understand that it, being lost is not a location, that it's a separation, it helps you. And anything, you just give God thanks for your problem because your problem actually reveals the actual issue. Which is not that you got a problem. It's that you become disconnected. Oh, yeah. That's what I tell people whenever they come and counsel with me. Pastor JJ, I'm about to lose it. Can we meet? I need an appointment. Can I just save you sending the email into the office to have coffee with me? I mean, I, mean, I want to. And I, and I enjoy spending time with you. I'm just going to tell you from the pulpit what I will tell you when I sit down with you. And maybe we can just do like a mass therapy session here today. Here's what I'm going to tell you. When you, I'll let you go first because that's how I roll. When you're done speaking, here's my... First question to you, okay? Sorry, you're going through what you're going through. Let me ask you a question. How's your relationship with God? Because if you got a bad connection, your problem isn't the things in your life that's attacking you. It's that you're not connected. Because if you were connected, hell could happen over your life. But your connection to the master would hold you in when everything's going wrong. We got a young girl in this church, seven years old. Her name is Penelope Shackelford. She just went through surgery, like anesthetic, like a sleep surgery. And, and it was a major surgery. Every time you're seven, it's major. And she wasn't freaking out. She didn't lose it. Her parents, Pastor Jenny and Patrick, Pastor Jenny preached here uh, last Sunday. She did a tremendous job. She didn't bring it up one time. She was completely at peace. Why didn't she lose it? I don't know. That was my kid. I'd have lost it. Why didn't she lose it? I'll tell you why. Because she had people visiting her in the hospital every single day. People bringing over food. She was connected to a community. And then when they went home because they couldn't sleep over, guess who was still in that hospital room with them? God. She was connected to people and she was connected to God and it was her connection that helped her keep it together when the world was falling apart. You know, we call this the house of God and that's cool, but I don't really come here because this is the house of God. I come here because this is my church home. And if you want to transition from a house of God to the home, your church home, you need to start building some connections. Start getting connected with friends. Start getting connected in communities, connected into a small group and get connected with God because he's the one that holds you. He's the one that locks you. You got you to gotta hold on. You got to hold on. Honestly, I could just close the message right now. With 22, I, I thought about it. I prayed about it. Preaching a seven-minute message and just walking off right here. Because I mean it. Listen to me. Nine out of the ten times, this is, the, this is the reason why you're going through what you're going through. Right here. You just lost the connection. And if you would just reestablish the connection, you would rediscover your peace. You'd be able to hold it together. All right? And so save you the therapy session with me. Um, if after you pray, you're still going through what you're going through, hit me up. We'll sit down. My treat. I'm not going to pay. Um, and so, <laughs> so I thought about ending it here, but I knew that I couldn't. I knew that I couldn't because it wasn't practical enough for us. And honestly, that gets me a little upset because we always want things that we can do. But there's some things in life that we can do. Some things in our life that only God can do for us. That's why I think connecting is so important. But because I know you need something to do or else you didn't receive anything today. I'm going to give you something to do. I'm going to help you out. Just know that at the end of the sermon, I'm coming back to my first point. 
because it's the one you really need to take home with you today, connection. So if you've lost something, I'm going to help you out um, because chances are that what you've lost has fallen into one of three categories. And each one of these categories, Jesus actually covers in the stories and the parables. Um, the first category of loss that you might experience is maybe there's someone here who's lost love. Where do I come to this conclusion? Well, the reason why I say lost love is because the first parable is a story of a shepherd and a sheep. And that image of a shepherd and a sheep has always been a symbol um, of love. The shepherd loved his sheep. The shepherd would do anything for his sheep. Like the, the greatest shepherd of all time was Jesus Christ. You know how I know that they're talking about Jesus here? Because if we were to read the story, you would see the, um, the end of the story. Uh, the shepherd grabs the sheep. He puts the sheep on his shoulders and he brings the sheep back home. He carries the sheep on his shoulders. Boy, I wish I, I knew somebody who, who carried something on their shoulders because he loved them so much. A God who, who didn't, didn't bring a sheep back home. He brought humanity home when he carried the cross on his shoulders to Calvary. And why did he do that? Why did he die for you and me? Not more than just to get us to heaven, John 3, 16, because he so loved you and me. The relationship between a shepherd and a sheep is that of love. And so in this category, God's saying some of us have lost love. And I'm not talking about like a, just a relationship here, all right? Because I want you to shift your mind. Like I'm not talking about your ex. I'm not talking about your ex-boyfriend. I'm not talking about your ex-girlfriend. Chances are, it's good that they're gone. You know what I'm saying? Amen. Somebody clap real hard in the back right there. Like. That's what I said. <laughs> I'm not talking about your ex-boyfriend, your ex-girlfriend, your ex-husband, your ex-wife, your ex-BFF, your FBF, former best friend. I'm not talking about them. I'm not talking about them. What I'm talking about losing, hear me, is passion. Have you ever lost passion for something? Like something you were real excited about and you got started and then all of a sudden you weren't as excited anymore. And you're like, what happened? I was so pumped. I was so passionate about this thing. Like the gym. Hello. <laughs> Everybody's passionate about working out in January. Everybody. But it's April. And I'll tell you what. <laughs> it's been a minute since you've been, huh? Hey, you know what the crazy thing is? The gym is still open. And, and, and why'd you stop eating right? They still sell vegetables at the supermarket. <laughs> Not much has changed except for what you're passionate about. You know what will set you free? You just come into the place in your life when you admit you don't want a six pack as bad as you say you do. Like that will just free you, you know? I'm trying to get in shape. Not really. <laughs> Let's just be real. <laughs> we don't care. And I don't think it's a coincidence that Jesus starts with this story because I think that the first thing to fall off when our life is falling apart is our passion. When passion goes, then everything else follows. You know, like before you leave your job, you fall out of love with your job. Before you shift your major, you stop loving what you were studying. Before you leave your wife, you stop loving your wife, before you check out on your family or check out on the things of God, your passion starts shifting. Your passion starts shifting. And so it could be, say, if you want to save your career, if you want to save your relationships, if you want to save your life, stop focusing on that so much and start protecting your passion. Because if you protect what you're passionate about, then you'll be able to stick with what you've been holding on to this whole time. Protect your passion. All right, and, and protect is the right word because protection, just like that, because um, passion, just like that sheep, is real important to understand this. Uh, it, it wanders. You know, sheeps, they wander. And, and once you understand that passion wanders and that it's not a bad thing, that it's just natural, it'll help you shake the shame of your apathy. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Like, you know, like a sheep, when he gets lost, like he never wakes up in the morning, is like, it's a good day to get lost. 
you know, I've been thinking about it and not really feeling the scene here in the pen. I really don't like that shepherd. He's always feeding me, always telling me where to go. I'll go where I want to go. Tell me what to do. I'm a, you know, the sheep didn't do that. You know what the sheep did? You know how the sheep got lost? He was just being a sheep. He woke up in the morning and he saw some grass. And he said, mm. And then when he finished eating on that patch of grass, he moved on to the next patch of grass. Mm. And then he moved on to the next patch of grass. Mm. And he just kept eating, just kept eating, just kept eating. And one day the sheep looked up and he said, Don't make me do another bad joke. He looked up and he said, where am I? I? This wasn't my plan. I was just eating. I was just tracing the grass. You know, I used to feel bad when I would wake up in the morning and not want to pray. Oh, you didn't know pastors felt like that, did you? You thought we woke up just speaking in tongues, I bet, huh? <laughs> Most people say good morning when they wake up. Not pastors, no. We just go right in. Just go right some of y'all think I got, you know, Hillsong on my alarm clock or something like that. <laughs> Stephen Curtis Chapman or something like that. No, not at all. And I used to feel guilty. I used to feel bad when it was a family Friday and I'm supposed to be wanting to spend it with my kids, but I'm so exhausted from the week of work that I honestly don't want to play with them. Can I be real? It used to be, man, I used to feel so bad when I would come home from work and I would, and I would, and I would spend an extra five to 10 minutes in my car before going into the house just because I knew what was on the other side of that door. <laughs> it's going to be trash to throw out and some broke to fish and somebody's going to want something from me. I'm so tired. And I used to feel bad until I realized I'm not a horrible person. I'm just human. I'm not bad, I'm just busy. You know how we lose passion sometimes? We're just chasing that grass, yo. We're just trying to survive. We're just trying to eat, like I gotta put food on the table. And so I'm so busy trying to live, so busy trying to make it till tomorrow, that sometimes passion just, can we stop blaming the devil for losing our passion? And, and stop blaming God? You know why we stop getting passionate? Because of life, period. And when you understand that, you can stop wasting time feeling guilty and start investing time figuring out where you want to go. Yeah. I tell you, it frees you once you understand it. That I don't, I'm sorry I feel this way. I'm not proud of the fact that I feel this way, but I'm not going to feel bad about it either. I'm going to just move forward. It's natural. And so you got to, and so here's how you do it. Once you realize you're not where you want to be, here's what you got to do. You got to protect your passion. How do you do it? You set up boundaries. Like a shepherd, when a shepherd wants to keep their sheep, what do they do? They set up fences. Check your fences, man. Check your fences. You got to set up boundaries. You know that you won't catch me on a Saturday night? I am not coming to your birthday party on a Saturday night. I'm not. You know why? Because I got to protect my passion for this pulpit. So every Saturday night, every Saturday after 12, all I'm doing is studying the word and reflecting on what I got to share with you guys. Because when I grab this microphone, I want to be excited about it. I got to protect my passion. You'll never talk to me on a Friday. People are finding that out when they text me on Friday <laughs> and I don't text back. I wonder what's going through their mind, but I don't care. Because <laughs> you know what I care more than about your opinion is protecting the passion for my family. That's my Friday. That's my family. I'm going to protect that. On Mondays, I go home from work early um, because Monday's date night. You're not going to reach me <laughs> on a Monday. I had to put a fence up. Why? Because I had to protect my passion for my wife. I got I to protect that. So you got to build boundaries. And here's what I've learned about building boundaries, y'all. Building boundaries will cost you. 
If you were to go to my house right now, you will see a fence. Like I've got four sides to my fence like any human being. The only reason why my fence is different than your fence is I got four different fences <laughs> on each side of my house. True story. Here's what happened. I started to repair them, but I didn't realize how much it would cost. So I ran out of money on the first fence. So now I'm talking to Liz. I'm like, do we go all the way? And we're like, nah, we're just going to have to save that for something else. People come, tell them we did it intentional. It was a new, new style, you know, that we're going for. Hey, because building boundaries will cost you. And here's what it will cost you, misunderstanding. People will often misunderstand your boundary as arrogance or, or pride. And so like you're married to somebody and there's like your old high school crush like sends you a Facebook friend request. Here's what you do. Decline. But I got to be a good testimony of Jesus Christ. No, you got to protect your marriage. That's the greatest testimony of Jesus Christ. I wish there was a way to protect my passion for Jesus. There is. Put a boundary around Sunday. I'm not going to talk about it. You don't want to hear it. It'll be offensive. Somebody get mad and leave the church. Can't have you leaving the church the week before Easter. Need you here. Man, uh oh, why did, they, why did I get so excited and so pumped up in the beginning? Because in the beginning, you were coming every week. I'll move on to something else. I'll move on to something else. Just put a boundary around whatever you want to protect. Whatever passion you want to keep sacred and holy, put a boundary around it. Protect it. Protect it. What if I've already lost my passion? I'm glad you asked. Because I got a whole illustration plan for that question right here. If you've already lost your passion... Oh, I would like the cupcake first. Oh, y'all can't see the cupcake. There it is. Okay. Yeah, I did this at the uh, 9.15, and it didn't work. You guys always get the best illustrations. That's cool. Um, so a lot of people, their passion is like that flame right there. You know, life happens, and when it happens, it gets blown out. And a lot of people came to church like that. Like, my whole point on how to protect your passion, you're like, that would have been good a month ago. But I, I don't even know how I ended up in church today. I didn't honestly even have the passion to come. Somebody made me. I, I get it. I get it. So, so, so if that's you, let me help you out with this one right here. And, and so um, I don't know if you've ever seen one of these. This is not a normal candle. This is a trick candle. You ever seen a trick candle? You blow it off and then it comes back on. I remember the first time I, I saw a trick candle. I can't remember exactly what birthday it was, but I know that I was, I was going through puberty. <laughs> I'm not trying to be uh, crass. Here's, here's why I know that. Because Christians, we don't make birthday wishes. We make birthday prayers. And I know that year I was praying for a girlfriend. I know it. I was like, that's biblical somewhere, you know. And so, and so I tried praying for, for my girlfriend. And the candle kept popping back on. I didn't know it was a trick candle. I was bugging out. I was like, God wants me to be single forever. I was like, no, in Jesus' name. Oh. You ever seen one of these? See now? I wanted to preach to you with this candle. Last night, I spent close to two hours trying to think of a way to preach this to you because I just saw the visual and I thought, oh, that's cool. 
And here's how I was going to preach it. I was going to be like, sometimes, you know, the devil's going to blow you out. But when he blows you out, you're going to turn back on. And then that's going to be, that's going to be my illustration. And, it, and I was going to be like, sometimes there's people in your life who will come and try and blow you out. But when he does that, you're going to turn back on. Like, that was my whole, like, I was going to, you know, channel my inner T.D. Jakes and just go for it, you know? Um, but then I realized there's a reason why that candle does it. And that reason is it makes a good illustration, but it makes a terrible model for your life. The reason why it works for the candle is because in the candle, everybody's looking at the candle like, oh, he did turn back on. <laughs> everybody's looking at the candle like, the, the reason why it does it is because inside the candle, there's a strip of magnesium. Magnesium has a, a lower ignition temperature than the regular wax and wick does. And so when the candle blows out, the ember actually reignites the magnesium. And so I was going to preach like this, but then God told me, you're not built like that. You're not, you're, not, you're not built like that. I wish I was. I wish I could just bounce back. You know? When, when, I, when I get knocked down, just bounce back. But it didn't happen like that. You know why? Because I wasn't made with magnesium. It's not natural to a human being to, to, to sustain his passion. We don't naturally hold on. We naturally give up. It's, it's almost, I dare say, the way God made us. Why would God make us so flimsy? <laughs> We thought of everything. You see, <laughs> I'm going to tell you why. God said, I can't make you from magnesium because if I had made you from magnesium, you'd have no need for the match. If, if you were made of magnesium, you would only need me in your life one time. And then once I got you through what, you, what I got you through, you let me, you, you leave me alone. And you just let that fire burn. But I had to build you in a way where the slightest uh, opposition comes in. Why? So that you could quote Psalms chapter 51, verse 12. Oh, Lord, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. God built you in a way where every time you went out, you'd come back to him and go, oh, Father, would you light me up again? I need your fire. I need your spirit. I need your power. I can't do it by myself. I keep going out every time it gets hard. Jesus, light me up. Light me up. I need you, Jesus. I need you. I remember 120 people in the book of Acts were about to give up. Until the Spirit of God came and descended like tongues of fire. Said, I got you. Before you leave, I got you. Losing passion for your marriage, bring it to the Lord. God, reignite that passion I needed. Losing passion for the things of God, Lord, ignite me once again for you. I need 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 you. Second story is the story of a lost coin. A lost coin. That's really significant, the, the, uh, the coin. We can't infer too much because we don't have all the details of the story. But there are some details that do paint a bigger picture. For example, this woman lost the coin. Well, in order to lose the coin, she had to first be aware of the fact that she didn't have all the coins. In order to be aware of the fact that she didn't have all the coins, she must have been counting the coins. If she was counting the coins, here's where I make my theological leap. She must have been getting ready to buy something. That's the only time I check my bank account. You know what I'm saying? Like, I really want something. And I'm like, let me check real quick. Nope, can't do it. <laughs> Here's my theory. She has been saving for something. Like saving and working and working. And she's about to go to the store and get the thing she's been working for, get the thing she's been praying for. And when she goes, she realized she has one less than she thought she did. Have you ever been saving up for something and then some type of unplanned expense came and just blows up your whole plans? AC goes out. 
you know, things in your car break that you can't even pronounce. You're like, do I need that? Really? <laughs> Brakes, are they that important? I'll just Flintstone it, you know? I just don't have the money right now. The way my bank accounts are tied, I don't have the way to get in there right now. It's, 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 it's interesting to me because she was working towards something and all of a sudden she had a setback. I think another category for people who are losing are, are people who feel like they're losing ground. Like they've been working towards something. And then even though they've been working towards it, something bad happens and now they're, they're going backwards. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe there's a couple in here, like you've been doing really well lately. Like you used to have problems and then like you brought it to the Lord. You went on like a 21 day fast and it's been going great. And then one day you have like the worst fight that you've ever had in two years. And all of a sudden you're like, what happened? I thought we were, I thought we were here. Come find out we're here. What happened? Or maybe there's somebody here who today may be struggling with addiction. And like you've been, you've been incident free for five months, but then in one week you do five times what you hadn't done once in five months. I don't know if I'm talking to anybody today. And you're like, man, what happened? I was, I was doing so good. Now it feels like I'm losing. I'm just talking to anybody today who feels like they're going backwards. Going backwards. If that's you, let me, let me tell you two things. One, I'm going to hit this real quick. One is practical and one will help your heart. I felt bad for this lady until I read what she did. Can, can, can you show it, Luke chapter 15? Uh, well, suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp? Sweep the house. I felt bad for her. I was like, you lost the coin. Oh, I feel so bad for you. Until I realized that she was a messy woman. Did you catch that? She said, I, I, I lost it because my house was a mess. But then when I cleaned up and got organized, I found it. Let me just help somebody. Stop blaming other people for your lack of organization. Maybe it's not, maybe it's not that they're better than you. Maybe they just know how to keep a calendar. Next one. And this will encourage you. She searched carefully. The King James says, search diligently. In other words, didn't give up. She searched and she didn't give up. You know why? Because she knew that the coin was in the house. It was in the house. I told Justice uh, the other day, we lost our Apple TV remote. I don't know if you have one of these, but they are perfectly sized to fit into any crevice. Lose it all the time. And, and I, he wasn't helping me look for it, so I lied to him like a good parent does. I said, I said, if you don't find that remote, we are never going to watch TV again. Because that remote has a special connection with that TV and they can only work with each other. He lost it. He started crying. He started crying. But then I told him this. I said, but don't worry. He said, why? I said, because the TV remote can do a lot. Yeah, it can, it can play movies. It can play songs. It can tell you the weather, but there's one thing that, that that remote can't do. He said, what's that, daddy? I said, it can't walk. And he smirked because he knew where I was going with it. He's saying, so what you're trying to say is, is somewhere in this house? I said, yeah, so you could calm down. He started, he started flipping over cushions. He took all his toys out, took them all out, started looking for it. It was like he had a revelation that just because it wasn't in his hand didn't mean it wasn't in his house. 
Just because it's not in your hand doesn't mean it's not in your house. I'm losing ground, but it's not gone. I'm going backwards, but it's not over. I feel like I'm never going to be the same person again. Yeah, but if you just hold on, if you just keep looking, where's my dream? I don't know, but I'm going to go look for it. My dream is probably somewhere under this failure. My dream is probably somewhere under this setback. Where's my purpose? I don't know, but I'm going to go find it because I know my purpose is somewhere in this house. And so I'm going to move behind 2018 and see if I can find purpose. I'm going to look at the 219, see if I can find my destiny. I'm not giving up. I'm holding on. I believe it's somewhere in my house. It's somewhere in my house. I might not be experiencing the promise, but I got a promise. I got a promise. Somebody say, I got a promise. I don't know where it is. I don't know how long it's going to take to find it, but I believe it's somewhere in this house. Stand on your feet or too close with me today. It's somewhere in this house. Don't give up because you're not holding what God said would be yours. You just got to keep turning every cushion over. Take out all the boxes. You'll find it. It's yours. He promised it. I'll give you the last story real quick because there's some people who say, well, what if you've already given up? I told you not to give up, but what if you've already given up? Let me help you with the third story because the third story is not a story of a lost son. This son was a bad dude bad dude and he was gone for many years in English law if you're gone for seven years you're presumed dead there's no such law in the Hebrew times but you got to imagine that this son was gone for a lost time because look what he says right here in verse 32 this brothers of yours was dead listen in the father's mind this son wasn't just lost he was dead because for some of us the last category of lost is this a lost cause have you ever lived with a lost cause? You know, some things are so lost that the word lost ceases to be an adequate adjective. It's so lost, it's dead. You got a child like that? Mom, dad? You got a husband, an ex-wife, someone in your life? You got a friend like that? You got a dream like that, church? I'm just asking if there's something in your life that has been gone for so long, you don't even think it's alive anymore. If that's you, let me help you. I love the father because you know what the father did when the son was gone he thought he was dead but you know what he did even though he thought he was dead the Bible says he stood at the window and waited for his son to come home and I'm so glad that he did because the son was skittish here's how I like to think about it what if the son had come back about halfway had saw the home got overwhelmed with guilt and shame and said no 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 I'm turning back but the Bible says that the father saw him halfway ran out to meet him before he could turn back and said no you're coming home are you catching this it wasn't just the mercy it wasn't just the, the son who was a part of coming back home it was the father's faith that made space for the promise to be fulfilled so here's my question to you I know we got to have the faith to look for that's what the first two stories were about my question is do we have the faith to wait for do you have the faith to wait for because this is out of your control. The sheep had no volition. If I want to bring the sheep home, I pick it up and I take it back. The coin had no volition. If I wanted to get the coin, I bring it back. But that boy had a choice. When you're in a situation where you lose something and the thing you lost is out of your control, you got no option but to have the faith to wait for. 
Oh, I wonder if there's somebody here today who can muster the faith to wait for. Somebody who's still single. <laughs> you were single when you were 24. Now you're single and you're 42. Number switched. <laughs> Are you still single after all those years? Yeah, I'm still single, but I'm still waiting. Hey, you probably should get away from that window. Your son's never coming home. This is over. Nah. I'm still waiting. Are you still sick? Yeah, I'm still sick. How's the chemo going? Not good. You ought to give up on God. Nah, I'm still waiting. Uh, are you still broke? Are you still bankrupt, man? Just leave it all. Go do something shady. Earn some money. Nah, I'm still waiting. I got the faith to stay right here at this window because I know any moment. I know any moment my promise is going to make its way around that corner. And I'm going to be there to meet it halfway. I got the faith to wait. I'm in a setback, but I got the faith to wait. I'm alone, but I got the faith to wait. I got no children, but I got the faith to wait. I'm not pregnant, but I got the faith to wait. I don't got the job, but I got the faith to wait. I'm struggling with depression, anxiety. Been in church two years. It's still wrestling, but I got the faith to wait for, to wait for what God said. Head bowed, eye closed all over this place. Somebody here, you've been waiting for your breakthrough. You've been waiting for your breakthrough. I believe your breakthrough's coming right now. I believe your breakthrough's coming right now. I told you I was gonna bring it back to getting connected to God, right? Because this is where we get centered. This is where we find ourselves. This is where we get connected, right here. This is where the lost become found. Come on. You've been waiting for. Time to declare it. I can't see it yet. But I'm away for it. I can't see it yet. But I'm away for it. So I declare freedom right now. I declare freedom right now. Come on, prophesy to your situation. Come on, speak it over your life. Speak it over your children. Speak it over your community. Come on, take Jesus, you changed everything.
heads up, eyes open. If you're ready to come back home, because you know the Father's been waiting. When I say three, raise your right hand up. Oh, come back, Jesus, I need you. Are you ready? On three, all over this building. One, two, three right now. If that's you, shoot your hand up high. Come on, look around, church. Look around, look around, look around. Hands all over this building. He's going to do it in your life. You can come back. He forgives you. He loves you. He's got a place for you. You just got to come halfway. He'll restore you. He's got you. Freedom, deliverance. You're never going to be the same again. You're never going to be the same again. All over this place, let's pray this prayer. If you raise your hand, and even if you didn't. Father, I'm coming home. Thank you. Thank you. My second chance. My second chance. I once was lost. I once was lost. But now, but now I'm found. Jesus. Jesus. Make my heart your home. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged by this message. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. If you would like to share your testimony or if you have any prayer requests, please email us amen at journeyorl.com where we'll have a team of people ready to celebrate with you and pray with you. Also, if you would like to help support the ministry of Journey Church in a financial way, you can do so by visiting journeyorl.com and choosing the giving option or text journeyorl to 77977. We hope you'll join us again soon. Have a great week.